When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today is Monday, August 6th. This is Jared Scaly, and you're listening to the Red Sox Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. Red Sox Beat, CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Red Sox on Twitter, at Red Sox CLNS, of course, on Facebook as Red Sox Beat Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. I tell you every week. Uh, no Jess this week. I'm alongside my other better half, worst half, however you want to call him, uh, Nick Qualia. You see him around the coverage here. Um, Jared Scally here, of course, on Red Sox Beat. What's going on, Nick? Nothing, man. It's just uh, it's been a good week for the Red Sox, and we haven't done. I don't think we've done this show together. Have we ever done the show together? I don't think. No, I don't think we've ever done the show together, which is pretty wild because we do literally wow. everything else together. Basically, yeah. No, it's like this is the only thing that like isn't us. So this will be good. Um, if other, you've probably heard us together on Couch Guy Sports, Loose Change Podcast over there. So now it's going to be a little more toned down. The normal. You have to get used to that. I apologize, <laughs> Nick. You have to kind of write it back a little bit. But uh, let's get jump into it because it's a big week. I don't want to talk about the Phillies because it's the meh, it's the Phillies. Um, even though they're good, it doesn't really spark my interest because you had four games against the Yankees. So with the Yankees, let's start with just the overall gem that Rick Porcello threw. Um, I don't know where it came from, Nick, but the starting pitching, I'm not even concerned anymore. Now, I don't know if it's because of Nathan Ivaldi and him assuring me down a little bit from walking off like stepping off the ledge but Rick Porcello let's start there phenomenal start was one pitch away from giving everybody in their mother free furniture yeah <laughs> I forgot about the Jordan furniture thing <laughs> um no right it, like it, it came out of nowhere which is honestly I kind of want to say it's frustrating because we've talked about it a couple of times like with the with the reports outside of Fenway Park with Trags and on the roundtables that mm-hmm. we do on CLNS. It's just a ton of inconsistency from the staff. And yeah, while it's great, and I don't want to be negative about it, while it's freaking great that what these guys did over this weekend so far, we still got tonight as we record, but so far the three pitchers did great. Friday night, Rick Porcello, like you said, cruised through that game. But then there are other games that he gets lit up. So, the, of course, I want that Rick Porcello, but at the same time, I need this guy to come out and show up every single time, especially when you're playing the Yankees. It was it was an incredible performance. It was like two, it was 2016 Rick Porcello again. 
He was picking his spots. His his sinker ball was nasty. It was 2016, pretty Ricky all over again. It was a complete game, nine strikeouts in 86 pitches. Like He only threw 86 pitches to get through the entire game. And I was watching it, and it was like a two-hour and change game, which is something that doesn't happen often. So when you come into the situation now, it's do you trust him long-term? I don't know if I trust him long-term yet, um, but we know it's there. And now you go to what happened yesterday as we record this and Nathan Evaldi, second start with the Red Sox, eight innings, didn't have a problem, and he probably could have kept going if they really wanted him to because he looked fine in this pitch count. It wasn't even at 100 pitches. Oh, yeah. And just the fact that he was able to – we last week, last – what was it? Sunday was his first start with the Yankees, cruised through eight innings, almost the same exact start. And – just the fact that he was able to show up coming to Fenway Park against the Yankees and kind of act like he's just done it before. He didn't look scared at all. He attacked the Yankees. He ta- he pounded the zone, uh, not just not to use a cliche term, but he pounded the hell out of that zone. <laughs> and it was That's just cliche. like it was like he was looking forward to that start. He was attacking the Yankees lineup and this Yankees lineup. And I know they're missing Judge, and I know they're missing Sanchez. Don't and care. let me say one thing. Screw screw Gary Sanchez. The next time I hear one of these idiots go, oh, they don't have Gary Sanchez. They don't have Gary Sanchez in their lineup. You guys were all just complaining that Gary Sanchez stinks, that he stinks at baseball. The guy, the only guy I would give you is Aaron Judge, obviously. obviously. But I don't think Aaron Judge changes the outcome of any of these games. I just don't. The way that these two were pitching the last two days, it wouldn't make any sense for him to change the outcome of these games. Gary Sanchez stinks. You have Austin Romine. You'd rather have Austin Romine in the lineup right now, wouldn't you, Yankee fans? So, back to Nathan Avaldi. Just the fact that he's able to show up into Boston, lay it all out on the mound, have two starts now where he goes eight innings, this guy is winning a spot in the playoff rotation well, already. This, He's only I mean, had two spots. Not hard, because David Price is the other option, and that's not that, really a factor. Yeah. But people, I mean, this is what Cora was talking about, because when they traded for him right before the deadline, Cora said, yeah, I had other guys reach out to me and like said, oh, you should got a steal. We were going to reach out and try to get him. People saw the ERA. It was like a four, a little over a four when he got here. It was inflated because he had one bad start. One, uh, one bad start of eight runs. Of eight runs. Yeah, obviously that's garbage. <laughs> but everything else, he didn't even give up a run. So when you look at what the ERA was compared to what he was actually doing, I don't care about the record because he played on a crap team in Tampa Bay. But overall, he's a quality pitcher. He has an arm. He's had two Tommy John surgery. I didn't realize that. Yeah, one in high school, One right? in high school. Kid was ruined from the beginning. But he he's figured it out, and I think pitching in a high-level situation has helped him because pitching in Tampa, dude, not easy when your team's not good. Oh, yeah. You, right. Like, do, do you expect this guy to show up? At Tropicana Field and give a damn, especially with with the way that that team was playing. He do, he didn't. You don't. You can't show up and have that fiery passion to beat the Yankees or to beat the Red Sox or to beat the Orioles because you know your team stinks. You know your team's not going to do anything. And right now he's playing for a team who's obviously got the best record in the game. Is on pace to have the most wins ever for this franchise. It's unbelievable. The thing that I just keep going back to is just it's unbelievable that Nathan Evaldi was able to show up here at Fenway Park and transition from such a small market in Tampa Bay, come over to Boston and shut down Minnesota. Eh, they're an okay team, but shut down the New York Yankees 
on a big stage because you know the world is watching this series. You know everybody in the United States is watching the series to see what's going to happen. He knows that too. He shows up and he throws, he, he pitches one of the best performances for himself on the entire year. And if not for himself, on any anybody on the Red Sox pitching staff this year. And I would say even like, you're talking about nationwide watching this game, local. You all know that we're terrible when it comes to like lighting people up on these teams when they're not doing well. He comes into this pressure pitching from a team. You walk into the stadium in Tampa Bay. You're like, ugh, I got to pitch here again. This place is a dump, right? You, you don't want to pitch there. And then Nobody, you, come, you don't even you don't even want to show up to Tropicana. You, you drive in and you're like, can I just turn around and go home? I have to play. <laughs> that. What is that place? Um, it looks like an abandoned Olympic park. Like all you know those images you like scroll the internet. And you see, like, the, like the abandoned Olympics. That's what it looks like from the outside. Like, no one wants to go near it. Like, tall as grass everywhere. As soon as you get there, you're just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, that, like that guy at the bar last night you were telling me about before the show. Just everywhere. Just all <laughs> over the floor. Um, no, look. You, and then the next, your next start, like, your second start as a Red Sox, you pull up to Fenway Park. Greatest ballpark in the history of the league. With Wrigley right next to it. And then you come in here, and it's like... Oh, I got to play the Yankees. I'm in the rivalry. Let's go. I'm on the best team in baseball. That gets you jacked up a little bit, Nick. Of course. And something something else that I'm just I'm thinking about now while I'm looking at the box scores that we haven't really talked about. I don't know if you plan on talking about it, but just between Evaldi and Porcello these past two nights, you want to talk about the help that this is given to the bullpen? The bullpen, Craig Kimbrell is one the inning. only one who's in one the inning. past two days. And he was garbage yesterday. I don't know if you're going to want to talk about that. Yeah, we are. But they, these two pitchers have given the entire bullpen minus one inning of Craig Kimbrell a rest for the for these last two nights, which we know it's coming down the stretch now. It's August 5th. You have less than two months till the end of the regular season. So you want to rest these guys. You're going to want the bullpen fresh. You're going to want everybody fresh realistically. A lot of guys are getting these injuries now, hamstring injuries, whatever. We're losing a lot of players off this roster to the 10-day disabled list. The bullpen is something that has been a question mark all year. And regardless of whether or not it's a question mark, you need these guys healthy. You need these guys rested well. And having these two balls-to-the-wall pitching performances these last two nights – it's saving these guys. It's saving these arms. So guess what? You could, if you wanted to, and you don't want to pitch David Price tonight, you could go full Tampa Bay Rays, Ugh, and you stop, could pitch no, bullpen tonight. You could throw all of your bullpen tonight. God, no, stop. No, thank you. Uh, even though Hector Velasquez would be a nice starter, I wouldn't mind that. Um, with what they're doing, and you're right, like the, the, the bullpen hasn't been – this rested in a long time. And let's jump to that for a second. As you mentioned it, Craig Kimbrell comes in last night. Prob- they probably could have kept Evaldi in if they really wanted to. Now, yeah, I, you're right. I, I think it was the right choice to let Kimbrell pitch because he hasn't pitched in a while. And if all people in that bullpen, you need the guy to close the games to be not rusty. Comes in, throws the first two batters like nobody's business, strikes them out, doesn't look rusty at all, and then allows a run. Stan- Stanton gets a double. And then it all hell breaks loose, and I'm like, crap, they're going to lose the game. Like, I literally thought that for like I five really, seconds. No, I was with you. I was, <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, what the hell is this happening? What is happening? I was peeing myself. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Like, a little little, little stuff kind of came out of my head, and I'm like, I, I think they're going to lose this game, and it's going to be because of Craig Kimbrell. Sorry, what? Little little what? You're awful. It's okay. <laughs> <sighs> you, proceed. Proceed. Um, look. Greg Kimball, I, I attribute all that to Russ, though. Like, I, I look at that situation because he couldn't hit the strike zone 
after and he hadn't he hadn't pitched since last Sunday of all these last start. Yeah, like I, I attribute a hundred percent to rust, but for the rest of the bullpen, I'm glad they didn't have to go in um, because like you killed me. Matt Barnes was warming up behind Kimbrel, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's gonna be even worse. Yeah, not great. Because I'm convinced that that um, I forget who he was. I forget who was the batter he was that popped out, but that was his last batter. Was that Greg Bird? Might have been Greg Bird. You're right. I think, in my opinion, that was his last batter, regardless. Because if he lets up a hit or walks him, he's like, okay, well, we got to pull him now. So if he didn't get him out, Craig Kimbrell's coming out and Matt Barnes is coming in. And then you're sure losing the game. So I don't know what it was. I, I think it was just Russ Nick. But overall, I'm happy that the rest of the bullpen didn't have to show up to the last two starts because those two guys. And Rick Porcello was jacked. Like, he ended the, the highlights for the end of that complete game when that line last out was made. He was throwing fist pumps after 86 pitches, throwing a complete game against the Yankees. He still cares, and that's huge because some of these guys – a.k.a. David Price, might not care as much as Rick Porcello. See, going back to Craig Kimbrell and the rust factor, don't get me wrong, I'm a big Craig Kimbrell fan, big Craig Kimbrell guy. I think this guy's one of the best closers in baseball. For the money that you have him for right now, I wouldn't want anybody else, although we'll see what the contract is next season because he's a free agent at the end of this year. They won't pay him. They're not going to pay him, you're right. But, but... Kimbrel worries me in that sense, right? Because it's not like this is the first time this has happened. No. Kimbrel's, what was it? Well, last time, was it last time he was out or two times ago he was out? It was the, it was two Fridays ago. Red Sox are by a run. Craig Kimbrel comes in, lets up a home run. He's done this before. It's not like, it's not like he does this infrequently. It's not like 07 Jonathan Papelbon where he gave up a run and you were like, oh, wow. Oh, shoot. That doesn't happen. I think it's, just because of the success that this team's had this year, I think people tend to ignore that Craig Kimbrell has been wishy-washy occasionally, and especially as of late. He gets wild, and sometimes, it's also worth noting, he gets bailed out by these other teams because they swing at these outside pitches. And I know a lot of that's him baiting them into swinging at those outside yep. pitches, but there are times where you're like, wow, that should have been ball four. There should be two guys on him. There should be the bases loaded. But instead, he got the strikeout. Again, don't get me wrong, big Craig Kimbrell guy. Yeah, me big too. Big Craig Kimbrell guy. His name's tough to pronounce when you don't do any mouth exercises. But Kimbrell. But the, Craig Kimbrell. 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 But, <laughs> but at the same time, he's done this before. We saw him last year in the playoffs, 2017 playoffs, game, game four at Fenway Park. When I was there, I wanted to cry my eyes out. They brought him in to hold the lead, and he couldn't do it. Do you factor in, and this is me, I don't have those numbers in front of me at all, but non-safe situations versus safe situations, do you think he really just cares less when he's not going to get a save out of it? Because last I, night, when he came in, it was for nothing. So it wasn't like he was going to get a save out of this and then blew it up. I don't think he cares less, but I do think it's a mental factor. Because when you go in there and you know, when Craig Kimbrough comes out of the bullpen, he knows, okay, I've got to shut these guys down. The guy's a competitor. So he's coming in there with the with the mentality that if I give up a run, this game is going to extend. Yep. He wants to finish off the game. And obviously you're going to do that if you're up 4 to nothing. But at the same time, it's almost like it's almost like the, the he pitches better when the intensity ramps up on him. When he when it comes down to bases loaded, he started pound, let's use it again. Pounds the zone a little bit more than he was when he had, there were two men on or one man on. So I don't think it's more so that he cares less. 
but I just think he pitches better when there's more pressure on him. I really think, which is weird to say. I think, a lot, a, lot of of times, I think a lot of clubs are like that, though. Like, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan exactly. Pavel, go back to Pavelbon. He was psychotic. Psychotic yeah. when he was close games. All closers, I think all closers. They're like goalies in, in hockey. Game. It's like, it's just the way it is. Yeah, they're all they're tapped. Something's tapped about them, which I would love to be a closer in baseball. I think it would be incredible. If you just if you look at the situations though that he pitches well in, it's just it's the one run games. It's it's the close games. Don't know why he can't pitch in the eighth inning. That's a story for a different day. It's but been a story it's for just the last like, three years. It's just like when you see this guy come in with a four nothing lead, you're like, okay, this game's over, and then it shouldn't it should not have been that close yesterday. And realistically, that's a problem. That's a real problem. What if that happens to the playoffs? I was just about to say that. Houston Astros? You think the Houston Astros are going to let you out of that situation? No. Absolutely not. What if that happens in the playoffs, Jared? What if that happens in the playoffs, Jared? You lose, Nick. That's exactly what happens. You lose. It's over. And this is what pisses me off the most about not getting a reliever at the deadline. Because, one, if you're not going to pay Craig Kimberly, you need someone to replace him. And there were enough guys out there, you could have made a move. But what if Craig Kimbrell's off? Like, what if this situation happens? Up 4 nothing in a playoff game like you're talking about. Against the Yankees, same situation, 4-1. Wouldn't you rather have someone else behind him who's like a real eighth inning guy rather than Matt Barnes? Because what if Matt Barnes came into that game day? See, that's, that's, that's a question. Yeah, no, you're all right. And that's where somebody like Zach Britton would have really helped <laughs> the Red Sox. And yeah, Dave Dombrowski should have made that move. But I really do think, and I'm being, I don't know if I'm being optimistic about it or if this is actually how I feel, but Tyler Thornburg, he's coming around big time, right? We're seeing this. He's mm-hmm. pitching well. He's pitching, he's pitching very well lately. I think this guy is going to shape up to be your eighth inning man. And I was kind of surprised that you didn't see him back there because he's the one who's been more reliable. Is Matt Barnes, correct me, I don't know if I'm right or wrong here, Matt Barnes, is he a righty or a lefty? Right. Okay, that might have been it right there. Yankees, the Yankees lineup, and Thornburg's a lefty, I believe, or is he a righty too? He's a righty. Okay, well then that, so that, that wipes away everything I was about to say. Yeah, because there goes, there goes the quagly argument. Go the on. Yankee, the Yankee, the Yankee lineup has a tough time against right-handed pitching. So yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't pitch Tyler Thornburg there, but I wouldn't have brought Matt Barnes in that situation. Right here, we're questioning Alex Cora. Can we question Alex Cora though? Because the guy has had a hell of a year. <laughs> no, you can't question Alex Cora because, and real quick, because this goes back to I want to talk about Alex Cora in like two seconds. So that's a great radio segue, Nick. But. Woo! Point of uh, the reliever, real quick, is because you had you had Kelvin Herrera basically in your hands, and I'm going to keep bringing this guy's name up because he's phenomenal from the Nationals. And I don't know what the too much was for not making that deal the night before the trade deadline, but you guys, the Red Sox had Kelvin Herrera ready to go, and it didn't, and it fell through. So put him in that situation because this guy could be your closer next year. Because I don't think Craig Campbell's coming back next year. I don't because he's going to want too much money based off what he's done. Over the last couple of years, he's been here. He's resurfaced his career. Red Sox need to win this year with Craig Kimbrell. Or if not, you're kind of screwed. But then now you're banking on Tyler Thornburg a lot. And if he throws one arm the wrong way, if he gets hurt again, then what do you have? Then you don't have anything. And as the really way, screwed. The way the, the way the bullpen's set up right now, you legitimately have nothing else. You're, stuck, you're essentially stuck with the same bullpen. And let's remember, it's, the MLB trade deadline is a little misleading. 
because you can still make deals in August. Yeah, it's the non, it was just the non, it's the non waiver trade deadline technically at the end of July. Yeah, it's just it's just more of a pain in the ass uh, in August to make a trade, yeah. but they can still make a trade. So I'm not going to be shocked if Dave Dombrowski got something up his sleeve this August to make a move for an eighth and a guy, or at least like closer B. Remember last year when they made the trade for uh, Andrew Bailey, and he then was it was a manager John who's referring to him as closer B. Yep, Andrew Bailey. It's not Andrew Bailey. It's it. Was it Andrew Bailey? No, Andrew Bailey was the closer they had from a few years ago. Yeah, you're talking about last year. Yeah, the Mets clo- the Mets the Mets eighth inning guy. Why am I blanking too? This is like the easiest name. In the he play he pitches for the Twins now. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I, we, we, everyone knows. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Well, his, yeah, what what's his face? Whatever his name is, he when the when the Red Sox made that trade for him last year, it was kind of like a vote of confidence for the road, for the bullpen because even manager John, the one thing I agreed with, he was like, "This is great." Now we have closer B or Dave Dombrowski said that whoever said that. But now you don't really have that guy unless you're really banking on Tyler Thornburg and Thornburg and uh, Ryan Brazier, Brazer, Brazers, whatever his last name is. Uh, this kid really stepping up big time. It's going to be scary down the line because what if Craig Kimbrell's not available that night and you need to win this game? I, and I'll be honest with you. At this point, eight and a half games up, regardless of what happens tonight, I personally don't think there's going to be many more games that they're going to need to win. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to start thinking about the playoffs now. It's August 5th. I know it's a little early. It's not too early, but it's a little early. You have to start thinking about the playoffs. Okay, we start thinking about the playoffs in June because everybody else was out of the picture. Yeah, you need that guy. If you One thing all championship teams have is a dominant bullpen. Always. The Red Sox, they might have the worst bullpen out of the four American League teams right now. Well, why do you think Dave Dombrowski's track record is so bad about not winning with good teams? Look at the Detroit 2013. If he had a legit bullpen, would the Red Sox have won that series? Absolutely not. No, no, you're right. Because absolutely not. It was it was late innings in 2013 ALCS where the Red Sox would come back. Ortiz and they had slam. a dominant team. That was that was a bad bullpen. They had they had a dominant dominant team at that point, but it was it was just. They didn't have a bullpen to fight off the Red Sox hot offense later in the game. Yeah. And that's that's the Dombrowski special. The Dombrowski special is not building a bullpen and trading away all your prospects. Oh, good morning, when, guy. What, what are you looking for today? Oh, I'll take the Dombrowski special, please. Yeah, the Dombrowski special. Give me all of your best prospects and I'll give you back. And we crap on him for that. Like, I'm happy we have Chris Sale. Well, how can you not be? And, like, you're still enjoying this team, but the window's smaller. That's all. The window is much smaller. It's like and, two years. Oh, uh, Addison, Espino- Addison Reed. Espinosa. Addison Reed. That's his name. Sorry. Addison Reed. <laughs> it just yeah. it just clicked into my head. I'm sorry. I had to I had to yell at you for that one. I was I was thinking. I don't know why I was thinking Andrew Bailey, the closer they thought they brought in a few years ago, who ended up stinking. Um, but no, Dave Dombrowski, the Dave Dombrowski special. It's all about just draining the bullpen, making big badass teams that. Just don't have, just don't have that last push to get you over the edge. Which I pray to God, I pray to God that this isn't a Dombrowski special this year Ugh. because I think I think the bullpen is. I personally think the bullpen's a little better than what people are giving them credit for. Well, I mean the numbers are there. I hate stats. I really do. I'm not a stats guy, but the numbers are there. They're not a yeah, terrible they bullpen. It's just, do you trust Joe Kelly in the eighth inning of the game? No, absolutely not. Big Jim Murray. 
we we had him on the Loose Change podcast before, also on Tealanus Media, CouchGuysSports.com, shameless plug. A little asterisk next to all of the wins for, for Big Joe, for Big Jim. Yeah, but he's taken him away with every win this weekend. He has this this shtick going on 98.5, the sports hubs, Felger and Maz, where he, say, where, he, where he plays the Wheel of Gutless Bums, and he's calling out the Red Sox. The bullpen. Wheel of Gutless Bums! The Wheel of Gutless Bums. And... I kind of buy into that because you see this rotation. The Red Sox offense is so good where they put you up a ton of runs going late into the games. But it seems like when these guys come in late, close situations, like Matt Barnes gets a little wild. Heath Embry likes to float the ball right over the middle of the plate. <laughs> it's it, it gets scary. It yeah. gets scary. So oh, yeah. close games, I'm still not 100% sold that this bullpen can, help, can hold a lead for you with a one nothing game. In the playoffs. Okay, so let's transition because I do want to talk about Alex Cora, and he has. We haven't really seen him yet with the whole pool. Because one thing that John Farrell did really well, and I, I hate to give this guy credit because it's, it's just John Farrell, he did manage a bullpen pretty well, Nick, and especially last year. Um, for, he did for what no, he, he had. For what he had, he was really good at that. Alex Cora, hashtag my manager, had a phenomenal year. Like, if they want to see the biggest difference between the Red Sox and the Yankees, it's just look at the manager chair because Aaron, man. Aaron Boone sucks. And he he's got just, no control over that team. No control no. at all. And as much as because the Yankees wanted to, oh, let's just have some fun, Lucy. Because Joe Girardi was so like, I want to control everything. And Joe Girardi would have been able to handle the way this team's yeah, acting right. I, now. Yeah, so that was the worst decision they ever made. But so dumb. Happy so with it either dumb. way, obviously. Um, and you look at Alex Cora, first year manager, dude. This guy has the locker. Aaron Boone would not have done what Alex Cora did on Friday night. So. For Friday night, if you guys don't remember, it was like the, the start of what this weekend has become. It's the when the Red Sox got up to bat first. At, first at bat, you know, Yankees come up. It was who was a play? Who was it? Was a Gardner? In the first at bat, Brett Gardner. It was Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner. Get, who, by the way, if you want, if you ever just drew a picture of what a douche looks like, it's, it's, Brett, a, it's Brett Gardner. It's Brett Gardner. She would come up to the play with a chomping on the gum, clean shaven. He's such a he's such a douche. Why is he still playing? I don't even know. Um, so he gets thrown at. Next inning comes up. Mookie Betts gets thrown at. Umpire, whoever the hell was in the behind the plate, throws a warning right away in the first inning. Which is which is BS. Which is awful. Like, who does that? Like that's just straight. Okay, game, it's over. We're even. We're good. Throws a warning to both sides. As soon as that happens, which manager, Nick, pops out of the dugout and goes argues? Cora. Cora. 100% right away. It didn't even hesitate. He jumped right out and started cursing, swearing, and getting well, in his face. Well, he jumped out after he screamed at Luis Severino, F you, from the dugout. Yeah, and then, right and then jumped the out. He had to get that in, and then he had to go, which is even better. Aaron Boone is sitting no, there twiddling his thumbs over on the other dugout. Like, Biggest difference is right there because Alex Cora comes out. Players defend that even more. They buy in when a manager has their back. No, not a lot of managers in this league will jump out for a first inning warning like Cora did. Alex, Alex Cora, I'm convinced almost wanted to go fight Luis Severino. Probably he almost should've. charged the mound. He's like, because well, I'm, I'm a player, that's right? BS. I can do this. That's absolute BS. Hey, Alex Cora probably hates the Yankees from his playing days, but that's BS. You, you're telling me. Just to talk about that whole situation, you're telling me that Rick Porcello, listen, buddy, just like let's let's reiterate what Jason Veritek said to A Rod when he hit him in 2004. We don't throw at 260 hitters, bitch. 
That's what he said to him. Yep. You think he's going to plunk a 248 hitter? Can I say the B word on this? That's right. Yes, you, you can, can use it. You, you yeah, can say that's it on the radio, fine. dude. You're good. You're good. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you think you think Porcello with two strikes on him is going to throw a sinker into Brett Gardner and hit him on purpose? No. And that douche is walking up the line staring at the pitcher's mound? No, he's not. He wouldn't. He was not doing that. And then for Luis Severino, fine. If you want to hit poor, uh, if you want to hit Mookie, that's fine. But throwing in his head, that's bush league, see, pal. But like, it's baseball. So like, again, that's a retaliation thing. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have thrown his head. Whatever. But don't give a warning for it. Yeah, let it go. Let, let it, it go. go. That's the game. So and if you're gonna warn, warn the Yankees dugout for throwing yeah, in the head. That's 100%. it. So then after the game, Alex Cora hashtag my manager. Gets asked about, you know, is this over? <laughs> is this over? Is is this is this done? Like, do, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? And like, is it over? And he goes, Well, I don't know. Like, we scored four runs in less than six innings. Is that a quality start? And then walks off, gone. And it, did you see Yankee fans on Twitter reaction? Yeah, They're I like, love oh, it. Baby, oh, oh, shut up! You wish you had a manager like Alex. Yeah, just Cora. because your manager's a maybe doesn't mean that our manager can't have a little fire. He hates the Yankees. That's the best part of Alex Cora. He truly hates the Yankees. It's something. It's something Jared Carabas says about Aaron Boone, which I totally, I'm totally with. The only reason Aaron Boone is the manager of the New York Yankees this year is because he hit a home run in 2003. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it. One home run 15 years ago. They might have. Well, they might have hired John Farrell if it wasn't for that home run. Like legitimately, legitimately, legitimately. John Farrell. John Farrell actually might have done well with this team. Look at that bullpen he has. John yeah. Farrell actually might have done well with this Yankees roster. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I think John Farrell should have had a job, and now he's doing broadcasting and he's terrible at it because he's just so like, oh, yeah, well, the guy had good stuff on that pitch. He's like, John. Yeah, good stuff, th- good stuff. That was a throw from third to first, John. I don't understand. What, what, what do you mean? Um, look, Alex Cora is 100% the reason why this team is doing so well because, yeah, you added J.D. Martinez, which is not something to blink at, but you have to remember this roster is pretty much the same from what it was last year. Very close. You, you Realistically, what, you just added J.D. Martinez? You added J.D. Martinez, and I get it. That's a massive bat. But look what the production you're getting out of Mookie again this year. You're getting out of Xander this year. You're getting out of all these guys who weren't having good years last year. They're playing for the manager because their manager actually talks to them. He hangs out in the clubhouse. He, he talks in their language because he understands he's bilingual. He gets it. And then to see him do this, yeah, I don't really know, guys. I mean, we scored four runs in less than six innings. Is that a quality start? Like, drops the mic and walks off. Dude loves this team. This team is fun to watch. And, Nick, I, this might be something different now. I don't know what's going to happen tonight, and look, I want to talk about this real quick because David Price is something that we're all concerned about. You're up; th- you've already won the series. You're going for a sweep. This might be a good time for David Price to go. Yeah. Oh well. Let's let's go win this game too. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw my ass off because you know what? We can go for a sweep and no pressure because we already won the series. Right. That's that's something that's actually kind of concerning to me because what if he goes into this game? And it's, it's concerning to me kind of in a good way because what if he goes into this game, realizes, okay, whatever, we've already won three out of four games. This game means nothing. You I'm, know, just gonna go, I'm just going to go sling it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go win a baseball game real quick. And what if he goes out there, does that, we buy into him, we, we go into the playoffs against the Yankees, and then he throws like a bum again and he gets lit up. Yep. That's what I'm afraid that we're going to see. That's what yep. I'm really nervous we're going to see. Because let's talk about the Red Sox pitching rotation of the playoffs. Sale, Price, Porcello. Evaldi. Evaldi. You, you might even be able to switch Evaldi and Porcel depending on how they're throwing towards the end of the year. Right. That's probably going to be the rotation. So if we see Price pitch well tonight, and realistically, by, by the time this comes out, the game were to already happen. Let's say he wins the game. 
we're going to be, oh, David Price is back. We're yeah. going to see everything no. on Twitter. Oh, David Price. Oh, oh, looking like 2008 David Price again. Then we're going to see him down the line with pressure on him, and he's going to revert back to the David Price that we saw, what was it, a month ago now? Yep. Was much. it about a month ago now well, when he got destroyed? On Sunday Night Baseball York. in New York. Yep. On Sunday Night Baseball. So that's my only concern with this start. But, again – with that concern, that's a good concern to have because it's either you – I want to I want to see him win the game. I want to see oh, him no. win the game. Yeah, obviously. If he gets shelled, I think we more so know who he is as a pitcher this season. If he goes in and gets shelled, you're right because like we're talking about, there's no pressure tonight. Yeah, there's pressure yeah. on him himself as a player, but like Red Sox are eight and a half games up, seven in the loss column. I think this division race is over. Like the way they're playing this weekend, I if, think if they win this game tonight, I think it's. Done. I think it's Nine over. And a half I think games. it's over either way. Dude, Nine and a half games. Yeah, I'm, it's over. They're, they're going to win the division. But David Price has to be able to pitch against the Yankees, and he knows that. If he comes in at shell tonight, I'm legitimately concerned. If he comes That's, out and pitches well, I might still put a little asterisk next to it because hey, there's no pressure. Well, but well, it's Dick a little Curry less. Asterisk. A little. Uh, I'll take one peck away every time he pitches well again, but. There's no pressure on them tonight, at least in my eyes, because there is none. They won the series, absolutely, and they're at home. They're not even in Yankee. They're at home, absolutely. So there's, and, there's and, a I think lot they've of lost factors. like seven games at home, Nick, something like that, something stupid like that, all year. There's a there's a lot of factors for the Red Sox or for David Price rather, where if he wins this game tonight, it's. I want to say it's going to impress me, but you're not facing this game. This this game tonight has more weight on David Price's shoulders than anything. Yep, because. Realistically, realistically, you have no pressure. You should be able to pitch well. You're not facing Aaron Judge, so you don't have to go through that. And Aaron Judge, in my eyes, has David Price's number because there oh, are yeah. pitches. There are pitches, even in that Royal start, the next, the in in the following start after the New York game. There were pitches in that game that I remember seeing and being like, "Wow, if he pitched that to Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge would have taken that ball to the moon. Yeah, to the it, absolute moon." He should win this game tonight, and if he doesn't win this game, that's a ser- that that's problem. That's a serious problem if he can't win this game. He's tonight. pitching for his spot in the rotation. I'm pretty convinced of that. Now, do I think they'll put him in the bullpen? No, because what are their other options? Like they don't have any other other options. Erod's coming you'd, back. You have to pitch Erod, and Erod's coming off of a high ankle sprain, and yeah, high ankle sprains not great, not fun for long term, especially for a guy who we've seen he babies his injuries when he gets hurt. Oh, 100 percent. Um, I think David Price is their only option, so I don't know. As much as people are saying, oh, we should go to the bullpen. Yeah, for who? Figure that one out. Unless you want to let Hector Velasquez start, which I'm all for. But they, they David Price is going to be in your rotation. We'll have to obviously see how it goes the rest of the year. But I don't, I don't, I can't envision them going, yeah, David Price, you know what? We're going to let Erod pitch instead of you. Sorry. That's going to be good for him. That'll help his psyche real well. Uh, we'll wrap it there. Red Sox beat CLNS Media on Twitter at Red Sox CLNS, of course. Nick Qualley over there. Nick, I don't know yeah, if you're subscribed. Right. Are you subscribed to the podcast? Yeah, you know I'm subscribed to the podcast. I get the podcast updates. Uh, every time I put in my AirPods, my phone tells me, oh, new Red Sox beat podcast up. You, you're dang right. I'm subscribed to the podcast. I'm the podcast number one fan, pal. That boy. Don't forget iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe, just like Nick is. Because you want that day. Monday mornings, 5 a.m. It's on a release. So uh, we'll do it big time. We'll get out of here. Jess should be back next week, I think. I don't even know. If not, maybe Nick will be back. Who knows? If not, I'll be here. Nick will be here because, you know, it works out. Um, at Red Sox CLNS, the network is at CLNS Media. Red Sox beat here on CLNS Media. We'll be back next week. Talk to you then.